0: Let the word go forth. Fool me
1: once. Are
0: you fired up? If I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you.
2: <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's top hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom! Yeah, you, you can't get fooled again.
3: <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. I'm staring at Marcus Parks. Oh,
2: you're staring hard. Oh.
3: <laughs> we got breaking news right here on Abe Lincoln's top hat. The juice. Is loose Oh my god He got <laughs> parole Just got a
2: notification On my phone That O.J. Simpson Could leave prison As early as October 1st Orenthal is out Is that Can we get Instead of the juices loose Orenthal is out
3: He <laughs> sound like A baseball commentator He does It does Orenthal up to bat And he's murdered The pitcher <laughs> And the catcher. Um, so, yeah, O.J. Simpson is gone. Nine years incarcerated at Lovelock uh, Correctional Facility in Nevada. And uh, he was, of course, serving 33 years on armed robbery charges. Uh, of course, that sentence was sort of given to him. They, they threw the book at him yeah. the second time around.
2: Effley Bailey called it the fifth quarter.
3: Oh, isn't it bad?
2: Yeah. The fifth <laughs> quarter, the way Effley Bailey, the disgraced attorney. The disgraced attorney who is now living above a hairdressing salon. Hmm. Yeah, That's but, and the fun. reason why he's living there, he's dating the hairdresser. Perfect. Yeah, remember when we went to Crime Con? we were like, oh my God, how did they get F. La- F. Lee <laughs> Bailey? How do they get him? Like, he's such a, a huge name. How did they get him? Turns out, he'll say <laughs> yes to anyone who gives him money. <laughs> That's right. In fact, O.J. stopped talking to him. Really? I read that O.J. was advised to stop talking to F. Lee Bailey because F. Lee Bailey spends all his time in the... Uh, Company of murderers. And Isn't that interesting? O.J.'s lawyer told him that F. Lee Bailey would be a detriment uh, to uh, O.J. Simpson's reputation. The
3: accused double murderer. The
2: accused double murderer. Can't talk to F. Lee Bailey, a former attorney. Yeah, because okay. uh, they said that it would actually hurt his chances of parole if it was known that F. Lee Bailey was in regular contact. So O.J., OJ cut off wow. Evelyne Bailey
3: from prison. You know we have a uh, we have a great interview coming up at the end of the episode. It, this is actually taken from an interview I was able to do when I host the show on Sirius Channel four hundred and fifty. I had a chance to interview Jeffrey Felix, uh, who wrote a book called "Garden the Juice." Uh, he has an epic mullet, a just uh, a mullet that is just. Can you play guitar? Because if you can't. You got to cut it. <laughs> it is so <laughs> incredible. He has a prison guard mullet, a, a, a powerful prison guard mullet. And I interviewed him. We're going to play that episode or play that interview at the end of the episode. A fascinating guy in in many ways. He loves OJ Simpson. Yeah. And you know OJ Simpson. One of the interesting things uh, on these parole hearings that has come out that uh, regarding his behavior in prison, they say he's been a model prisoner, uh, a model inmate. But at the end of the day, it was because he got away with everything. Uh, Jeffrey Felix was telling me, and you'll hear that in the interview, uh, he was told from the warden, watch OJ. I mean, everyone sort of looked out for OJ Simpson. If anyone was uh, attempting to attack him... Uh, you know, those individuals would be put in solitary confinement immediately. O.J. Simpson was allowed to cut in front of the line and at chow, which is for prison. <laughs> that's pr- that's like better than having a yacht. If you can cut and if you can cut in the chow line with no uh, repercussions whatsoever, you are prison royalty. So that's why when they talk about O.J. having a stellar rec- uh, record. In prison, it was because no one held him accountable for anything. Yeah, it's not that he was some model individual that uh, you know that all the other inmates uh, looked up to. He took all the classes, he did everything he had to do in order to get uh, paroled. Now nine years in, again to his thirty-three year uh, thirty-three year sentence. Um, but it's very funny uh, if you look at uh, what um, what uh, what Jeffrey Felix is actually saying. Basically, the entire time I'm talking to him, he was so enamored with the celebrity celebrity of OJ Simpson. That it trumped the uh, the fact that he was in there for real reasons for armed robbery. Granted, stealing back his own memorabilia that the state of California inevitably gave to him, yeah. which is very bizarre. Well, he
2: stole other memorabilia besides just his own memorabilia. Well, he said that that was an accident. <laughs> uh, he did. He he said there was baseballs. Uh, you know, you're getting scared. charmed by OJ now. <laughs> I love
3: OJ. <laughs> Orenthal, I want some Domino's pizza on October first when he gets uh, when he gets out. I want to watch him drive to a wonderful uh, resort in. Florida and play play a couple of rounds of golf. Maybe he'll go to Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's going to Florida. I mean, Definitely.
3: he's living out his days in Florida. That's without yeah. a doubt. Well, I don't want to ruin the end of the interview, but I did ask Jeffrey Felix if he would hang out with O.J. Simpson I, when he gets out or if he gets out. And my goodness, did he say yes. <laughs> <laughs> he can't wait to hang out with the juice on the outside.
2: Oh, and I'm sure O.J. can't wait to hang out with uh, his prison buddies. They are
3: friends. Yeah. It's, I don't fully understand the charm of O.J. We watched a little bit of his parole hearing uh, today. It's Thursday, July 20th here when we're recording this and uh there was one moment where one of the uh, parole officers or people on the parole board uh, asked him if he believes the memorabilia was his, and you could see that switch where mm-hmm. O.J. definitely got annoyed with the question because uh, he had just gone on to a lard. Uh, he just finished a uh, a long um, explanation of what happened, the event, uh, the night of the event where the armed robbery uh, where the armed robbery took place, and you could see he still got the fire. Yeah, he. I mean, he, and, oh
2: yeah, man, that doesn't well,
3: go away. If he does commit another murder, I mean, uh, it's going to be tough for him to get off.
2: I don't think he's gonna get off I mean And he's still not taking Any responsibility For his actions whatsoever uh, It's they strange asked, though They asked him about Like him Actually like taking These kind of like classes I think it was like A victim empathy class Yeah he took and a lot of those Yeah and, and he said You know I've lived a Largely a conflict free life <laughs> Yeah O.J. Simpson well, The domestic batter, The yeah. double murderer Possible The fucking armed robber Accused <laughs> double murderer Please Please Yeah But he's lived a A largely conflict-free life.
3: (laughs) Yes, and uh, in the interview again that you guys will hear, Jeffrey Felix, uh, you know, it's it's just fascinating. He he does not believe he's guilty, and Mm -hmm. uh, and he he convinced a jail guard uh, of his innocence. So there's something to the guy, and of course, you go back, you watch him on Naked Gun, you watch some old Hertz commercials, Mm -hmm. you can see that sharp. But then, of yeah. course, the accusations of double murder uh, do uh, erode that charm a little bit, at least in
2: my mind. He but killed, apparently he killed not in the mine. He killed both of them. Yeah. You go, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's, it's about one of the most cut and dry cases in... American legal history Yeah possibly
3: 90 million people Watched the Bronco Chase As a matter of fact uh, If you want to go uh, Listen to last podcast On the left We did a great episode On O.J. Simpson Two episodes I believe It was, was just one It act, was just like the that, one episode That was back
2: before We started doing um, two parters On a regular basis Oh this
3: before You ruined your entire brain Oh yeah Remember the, remember those uh, drug commercials Where this is your brain on drugs It was mm-hmm. the egg Yeah But that's like This is your brain on podcast Marcus <laughs> This is your brain on, on research Marcus Parks And hey, man I'm doing better Than I ever have You look good I'm
2: doing the best I ever did yeah. Oh god, I'm doing the peseta game. <laughs>
3: It's not good, though. You know, that's that's the one problem with that song, where it's like, I know you're doing the best you can, but can you do it better? Can you still be better? Um, well, let's get on to some politics news here. We have Donald Trump. Um, obviously, the health care bill that the Republicans have put forward is dead on arrival. Uh, Donald Trump is now currently threatening Republicans uh, who aren't supporting the bill. Republicans such as uh, Dean Heller uh, going uh, of Nevada. Mm-hmm. Nevada's big in the news uh, this week, apparently. Dean Heller is one of the more moderate Republicans, along with Susan Collins of Maine. Uh, And uh, Murkowski, uh, a lot of other uh, individuals who are moderate Republicans, went back to the town halls on July 4th and got an earful from their constituents and chose to not support the Republican health care bill as is because it does too much to gut and cut Medicaid and Medicare. And then you have your more libertarian leaning, your more conservative wing of the Republican Party, Ron Johnson, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee. Uh, you know, um, they they don't like it. And of course, uh, Rand Paul, they don't like it because it doesn't go far enough to repeal uh, Obamacare, the ACA. And then you have Donald Trump, who is attempting to try to cobble together a coalition. But at the end of the day, he's pissed off so many people in the right, uh, in the middle, and on the left. He's understanding that politics are extremely difficult uh, when you don 't have any allies yeah. and you don 't even have the approval rating of the American people, there was two interesting polls that came out this week, one from Bloomberg and one from Fox News. It was a Fox News poll, and I know people are like Fox News poll, but uh, it doesn't make doesn 't paint a pretty picture of Donald Trump, no. uh, so that 's why I give it some credence because without a doubt, Fox News I believe would like the numbers to be quite different yeah. um, and Bloomberg uh, they did a poll regarding Hillary Clinton and her approval rating her approval rating is 39%, which is not good whatsoever. Again, this is a great reminder that we had horrible options. We had a buffet uh, to choose from full of rotten food in 2016. Uh, So her approval rating is at 39% according to this Bloomberg poll, again, she's not president, so it really doesn't matter. Not really. Uh, despite the fact, if you watch Tucker Carlson, who I had, I have no beef with Tucker, I was very, I, I like to go on his show, uh, but he is, you would think that Hillary Clinton was currently the leader of the free world, and they're trying to take her down because Fox News is just focusing on Hillary and the Russians. All of them are just a, focusing of,
2: on Hillary. I mean, Trump well, is still want, focusing, they're all just focusing on Hillary. I mean, it, it is the... She's not president. It's the saddest attempt at misdirection. I, it, yeah. it is. It is very misguided, and it's not, obviously not Working if well, a Fox News poll, if Fox News like, and you know Fox News, that's going to be a little skewed. Forty-one percent. Yeah, Donald Trump is sitting at
3: forty-one he, percent. Uh, he's six months into his presidency. And a little context, uh, if you look at uh, presidents of the past, if you look at the p- final four years of George W. Bush, uh, two thousand. Uh, and 4 to 2007, uh, he was at 36% when he left office. This was only 5 percentage points uh, down, or 4.5 percentage points uh, down from Donald Trump. And this took a failed war. Uh, The economy was collapsing. Uh, I mean, this whole country was in dire straits by the end of the George W. Bush administration. All of the scandals, Guantanamo Bay, I mean, you can just go on and on with the scandals that happened under Bush. He left office at 36%. Barack Obama left office after four, after eight years at 46 percent. Uh, we have a situation now where we're six months into a presidency and he's sitting at 41 percent. If you go back and look at the early numbers for Obama in his first four years, he was at 49 percent after his first four. And W was in the 60s uh, because, of course, he had quite a bump uh, after 9-11 and he did handle that very well. His approval rating was roughly 90 percent. He handled nine. Uh, oh, you mean immediate, the immediate. The immediate. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah the, like
2: um, the first week and a half afterwards. Yeah. He was pretty good that first well, be, week and a half. Be,
3: be, before Rummy got into his ear and Ashcroft and Cheney, you know, before the war machine uh, that he uh, succumbed to, uh, you know, fought uh, and won every victory in the White House when it comes to foreign policy mm-hmm. and legislation going forward. But the American people did rally around the flag and they rallied around George W. Bush. And in that moment, he actually did a fairly good job standing on a mass grave, yeah. uh, which was, uh, you know, unbelievably sad. But he, he uh, you know, he was at 60 uh, percent after four years uh, in office and now we have a situation where Donald Trump is at 41% 6 months in and politics are different than business polls are polls are uh, you know those are leverage that's how you get things done you look at the American people you, you show uh, congressmen uh, uh, you know members of the house and uh, members of the senate look at the support that I have for this legislation you better push it forward or there's going to be negative ramifications in your future and you might lose your seat but when you have poll numbers uh, like the ones that are uh, uh, that Fox News uh, got for Donald Trump 45% of the American people think he's doing a good job on the economy that's the cornerstone stone of his whole campaign. That's his, I'm a businessman. I'm going to bring back jobs. He's under 50%. Six months into this administration, he has no political capital whatsoever. And he's learning when you don't have political capital, when you've made enemies, uh, again, with all factions of both political parties, you don't really have anywhere to go. You become isolated, and then you're just allowed to get battered and beat up uh, by media Uh, and by other politicians, uh, specifically when it comes to the the Russian scandal, which is going nowhere because Donald Trump has zero ability to stop the bleeding, stop the hemorrhaging, and he has no ability to pass anything that would surpass the narrative that Russia and the Russian collusion story is significant. Mm -hmm. If he could actually pass health care, maybe we don't talk about Russia for a week. If he could actually get something done uh, when it comes to— uh, you know, foreign policy and things like that, uh, maybe we wouldn't be talking about uh, the Russian collusion scandal, but it just continues. Uh, new information just continues to come to light. And a huge story broke this week from the New York Times regarding uh, Donald Trump and his anger and rage towards Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Did mm-hmm. you see this article? Marcus? Yeah, I did. So this was uh, Maggie Haberman and two other individuals wrote this article. Maggie they, Haberman, Michael Schmidt and Peter Baker. And they actually interviewed Donald Trump, and Donald Trump. It's interesting because he does. He is a notorious liar. Mm. Uh, he, he spins a lot, and CNN and all these. I mean, in some ways, he's not wrong. A lot of these news outlets are are horrible, and they're just trying to get ratings. And information is on the back burner uh, for their main concerns. They want the they want the eyes and the ratings. Uh, but then he goes on and he says very honest things that are troubling. And the honest thing that he said in this interview with the New York Times was that he was extremely angry with Jeff Sessions for recusing himself from the Russian scandal, and Donald Trump said that had he known that Jeff Sessions was going to recuse himself, he would have never hired him, mm-hmm. which leads one to believe uh, that he wanted Jeff Sessions to be attorney general during the Russian collusion scandal so he could get off scot-free, Yeah, uh, which is a horrifying notion. Um, of course, this could just be another situation where Donald Trump is surrounded by individuals who aren't telling him the truth, are surrounded by people who are doing nefarious things, and he might be so isolated uh, that he just doesn't know uh, so there's that angle to it. Or he does
2: know, and he's actually purposefully attempting to obstruct justice. Well, one of uh, Donald Trump's hallmarks is that he hires yes men. Yes. Uh, he hires, and in fact, he's on uh, record saying, like, never hire someone smarter than you. He's like, that's a bad idea. Don't hire people smarter than you. And I think that's uh, such
3: a horrible policy. We, I personally, awful. I want to
2: be the dumbest person in the room because yeah. then you know you're around smart people. Yeah absolutely uh yeah he hires nothing but yes men so it is very possible that all of this has been shielded from him and then i'll tell him like don you know what everything's great everything's uh, excuse me mr president everything's fine everything's great uh don't worry about it none of this stuff actually happened uh everything's fine so it's possible he doesn't know any of the shit and he's just a little boy with his phone in the corner I it
3: mean could be it and, really could be and to some degree you know we talk about the mental stability of Donald Trump and obviously it's a little bit hyperbolic I mean you know it is what it is um, but to some degree, it is a form of gaslighting yeah. to not inform, uh, you know, a person about, uh, you know, the actions of the, that are going on around them. And then that individual goes to Twitter or goes to The New York Times or goes to Fox News, whatever it might be, and they just don't have the information to form a cohesive Um, thought and opinion that is actually relevant to the situation. So maybe Donald Trump just doesn't have the information that is needed in order to fully understand the scope of what's happening right now regarding the Russian scandal.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's possible deniability.
3: Yeah. And that's what every president wants. Yeah. That's what every president uh, demands and needs individuals around the president, I I suppose, rather not the president themselves, because again, they don't know a lot of the things uh, which gives them the ability to deny out of ignorance, which is all that plausible deniability is yeah so last week we were in los angeles so we weren't able to talk about this email story with donald trump jr We weren't able to talk about collusion illusion. oh my god <laughs> kellyanne kellyanne conway is just you know it isn't my my girlfriend brooke rogers tweeted out uh, is it a Cohen brothers movie because this <laughs> it, it is just straight up like i mean i just feel like Soon the whole country is just going to be underwater and shoe polish is going to be rolling by. You know, it <laughs> just just feels like a, a scripted movie from a, a sort of awkward, an awkward comedy. Yeah. That's what the America right now is an awkward comedy. Yeah. That's, that's the best way that I could
2: describe yeah. it. It's, well, I would. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, Coen Brothers directing an episode of Veep. Really is, yeah, and Veep is incredible. I love it. Oh, I love
3: Veep. Um, So we're going to read some of these emails that came in to Donald Trump Jr. Uh, The emails, the actual subject of the email. I mean, you can't even make this up. It is Russia, Clinton. Private and confidential. <laughs> Not even attempting to hide the fact that this is an email correspondence with the Russians. And if you deal with an individual who has the power to uh, come to the United States, a lawyer from Russia, without a doubt, that individual has ties to the Kremlin. Yeah. Uh, you just don't get to that status in Russia without ties to the Kremlin. All Everything leads to... To Putin, Mm -hmm. everything leads to the to the Kremlin. That's the way their society is set up. So Russia, Clinton, private and confidential. And And I want to say, and by
2: the way, they know that too. These guys, they know it. Yeah, I mean, the the Trumps have been doing business in Russia for years and years and years. Like they know exactly how Russia works. They know how you get things done in Russia, and they know it all goes through the Kremlin. Anything to the anything they say to the contrary is a complete and total lie. Oh yeah, I mean, they rented out multiple uh, buildings
3: to uh, to Russian. uh, uh, you know oligarchs and the oligarchs obviously have ties to the Kremlin because you don't be, you don't become wealthy in Russia unless uh, Vladimir Putin likes you. Yeah, you are you otherwise you are gone. You you are You're imprisoned dead. or you are imprisoned dead or you you've had to uh, skip town. Yeah. And, and go to another nation.
2: Oh hell, uh, Trump uh, he did uh, he expanded Miss Universe into Russia in I think 2010. Look at and, that. And you know Mueller Mueller is actually. Um, Investigating that Robert Mueller,
3: another individual that Donald Trump talked about in, New, in the New York Times, he wants to fire Mueller, but then yeah. what? What does that look like? Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, and something special counsel. I don't believe he has the ability to actually fire a special counsel. No. Um, so a lot of the people on the right have argued that this email chain to Donald Trump Jr. was an Obama plant. <laughs> this is a deep state plant. This is what they argue. Fucking <laughs> you know morons. No, uh, Marcus. I'm going to give it to him. You I will go, say okay. Give this into. Let's him? say this was. Let's say it was a Barack Obama Hillary Clinton campaign plan he fell for it <laughs> <I> <laughs>
2: You know, I know. That's so exactly. It does exactly matter. What, that was my first thought <laughs> that if, you know, like, well, it's an Obama-Clinton plan. It's like, well, okay. he's a fucking, okay, yeah. So what if sure. he is? He's a fucking moron if he did fall for it. Like, right. they're, they're idiots. He fell for it. He fell into the trap. And these are the people you want running everything. But now, again, the question does, the question will
3: constantly be argued, uh, you know, the legality. Is this illegal? Campaigns meet. Uh, this happens. Uh, you know, certainly if Hillary Clinton was elected uh, president. We would Fox News would look just like CNN and it would be flipped. Yeah, Uh, you know, well, uh, like it was
2: for the last eight years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the
3: the illusion of choice, the illusion of media. It's the same stuff on both sides. I mean,
2: it's Fox Fox News would turn into. I mean, it would just have continued being what it's been for the last eight years. Nothing would have changed,
3: and that's it. And CNN would be defending Hillary and the entire this whole again 2016 we need leadership in this country just viable leaders Anything. that are just are not horribly corrupt 2016 just gave us no uh, possible good options for this nation's future. Um, but So we're going to read some of the emails here. Uh, Rob Goldstone is the man who sent the email initially to yeah. Donald Trump. Now, I don't believe Rob Goldstone himself is Russian, but he's Mark, English. He's, he's English. A,
2: he's, a, he's a tabloid reporter.
3: Okay. But now Marcus is going to read this uh, as if he was Russian, just because that's more fun. And then I will, I will respond to the initial email uh, as Donald Trump Jr. And we'll do a couple of uh, these uh, correspondence. So let's just start here on June third, two thousand and sixteen. Rob Goldstein,
2: Rob Goldstone wrote to Donald Trump Jr. Good morning. Emin just called and asked me to contact you with something very interesting. <laughs> the Kremlin prosecutor of Russia met with his father Aris this morning, and in their meeting, pre- offered to provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary and her dealings with Russia, and would be very useful to your father. Oh. This is obviously very high level stuff and sensitive information, but is part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump, helped along by Aris and Amin. What do you think is the best way to handle this information? And would you be able to speak to Amin about it directly? I can also send this info to your father via Rona, but it is ultra sensitive, so I wanted to send to you first. Best Rob
3: Goldstone. On June 3, 2016, Donald Trump Jr. wrote, Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. I'm on the road at the moment, but perhaps I just speak to Eamon first. Seems we have some time, and if it, and if it's what you say it is, I love it. Especially later in the summer. Could we do a call first thing next week when I am back? Best, done. So let's break down this email a little bit that was sent by Rob Goldstone initially. The line that's getting a lot of attention uh, is this line. This is obviously, this is what Rob Goldstone wrote. This is obviously very high level and sensitive information information, but is part of Russia and its government's support for Mr. Trump, that line is getting a lot of um, press and naturally uh, it should because that is
2: blatant that the Russian government's involved here. And if you want to know something really interesting is that it was proved that Fox News was purging that line from their website Uh, when they reported... That's fair and balanced. That's keeping (laughs) it balanced. When they reported on this story Mm -hmm. they left that line out of the email Mm. uh, and someone actually proved that if you you put that line into the comments uh, they were swiped. Interesting. Like they, were, they were erased. So Fox News was doing everything it could because that's mm-hmm. the line that proves that it was a, a Russian government uh, uh, operation. Like yeah. it, it proves it. It, it just it 100% proves it. And I, I had a
3: chance to speak with uh, Charlie Spee's He's a legal analyst, uh, analyst and campaign expert. And uh, yeah, I mean, even he, and he's a Republican uh, supporter of the Trump administration, even he said, uh, this fella, Charlie Speeds, even he said it was like, yes, in hindsight, that's a horrible, uh, Donald Trump Jr. should have caught that immediately. Yeah. But they sort of rationalize it. And this is coming in in June. So we are in the middle of this very toxic, heated, insane campaign. Where is this in relation to Grabber by the Pussy? oh grab her by the vagina was uh that was the, your that was your october surprise that was
2: october okay
3: um yeah you that's know, right and, we were in the uk when that happened and that was uh also that was the same time that james comey re oh, this is october mm-hmm. uh james comey reopened the investigation that was yeah. also the time where a lot of premiums went up were scheduled to go up for millions of americans across the country so october there was multiple surprises um so that line right there is absolutely fascinating. And then it also says, I can also send this information to your father via Rona. Rona is sort of the gatekeeper mm-hmm. of Donald Trump. Uh, she's been with him for decades and decades and decades, which she's a character that I would really like to know more about. Yeah. Speaking of the Cohen brothers kind of theme, Rona, mm-hmm. uh, she seems like, what's going on with Rona? Because, you know, she has a lot of power. Yeah. And if she would start, if she would speak, it would be fascinating. Um, So those are so that line right there. This is obviously very high level and sensitive information. But as part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump should have sent red flags and chills down the spine of Donald Trump Jr. But I guess the fog of war, Uh, I guess being in the middle of this campaign, you are busy, you are tired. And I'm not making uh, excuses here. I'm just trying to give some context. Uh, You just inexperienced with politics. Uh, It just slips through the mental cracks. That's one side. Or he understood completely what was going on, and he was just thrilled
2: with the idea of
3: getting what he calls opposition,
2: opposition research. I mean, think about it this way. If he was an Obama plant, if he was a Hillary plant, then that means that your man, Donald Trump, and his son, Donald Trump Jr., got duped by one email from a tabloid reporter. Right. That's it. That's all it took. One mm-hmm. email from a tabloid reporter was all it took. That's how weak these people are. That's how stupid these people are. Uh, how they desperate show they were how, as well. How desperate they were and how desperate they are. How, how fucking desperate do you think they are right now? I mean, if they were desperate then, imagine... How desperate the situation in the White House is and what they could reach out to and what they could say yes to. Let's not forget that Donald
3: Trump Jr. did tweet these emails out himself because of the um, his back was against the wall. There was a gun to his head, a a proverbial gun to his head. Obviously, the New York Times were going to release these on their own. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump chose to release them and sort of uh, bite the bullet in an attempt to stop the bleeding. Um, I don't know if that really worked or not. It doesn't seem as if it did. Uh, He also goes on, Donald Trump, uh, they go on to basically just schedule the meeting. And on June seventh, two 2016, Donald Trump writes, great, it will likely be Paul Manafort, campaign boss, my brother-in-law and me. So now he puts Paul Manafort, uh, Jared Kushner and himself in this meeting so blatantly uh, that you do wonder if he understood what was going on here, and if he understood what was at stake, yeah,
2: or if he just thought like, hey, yeah, like Paul Manafort, hey Manafort, you know it's- this Russian thing? You have a lot of experience in Russia. You should probably be in. You should probably be in on this meeting, right? And that's why Manafort will be, uh, you know, going in and testifying in front of Congress. Uh, Jared
3: Kushner, also, you get these guys under oath, and regardless of what this what happened here with these emails or what actually happened in the campaign, what happens to a lot of people, including. The great Martha Stewart. Uh, It's not what they actually do. Martha Stewart, of course, was uh, tried for insider trading, uh, but she lied under oath. That's often where they catch these guys. Perjury. I believe it was. What was the baseball player who also was it Clement? Pete Pete Rose. No, not Pete Rose. Was it Clemente or uh, there was a baseball player who testified. Bobby Bonilla. Not Bobby Bonilla. That's the (laughs) only one that Henry knows. Uh, Mark McGuire. Maybe it was Mark McGuire. Yeah. That sounds right. Sammy Sosa. Not Sammy Sosa. Leave the Sosa alone. <laughs> he was in a little bit, but I got to watch him live uh, at Wrigley Field, and that was very fun. I bet so. Do not go to Wrigley Field stoned, because the whole stadium is melting, mm-hmm. even if you're sober. <laughs> so do not do that. But you will, it'll be interesting to hear these people under oath. Do they tell the truth? And yeah. if you don't tell the truth, this is where they can really stick you to the wall. <laughs> um, so that's sort of the update on what's happening with the Russian scandal. Uh, there's so much speculation, there's so much chatter about it. At the end of the day, we definitively know the Russians had communications with the Trump uh, campaign at the time. We do not know if uh, Donald Trump knew about these correspondents. We do know Manafort knew. We know Jared Kushner knew. We know that Jeff Sessions, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, had to recuse himself from the investigation because he lied about having uh, meetings with the Russians. He had two meetings with Russians. We know uh, that um, we know, all we know Michael lied. Flynn lied to Vice President Mike Pence, and Mike Pence is now trying to distance himself from this entire thing, uh, talking about how he wasn't even part of the campaign yet in June. Um, so there is just so much smoke, and are these emails the fire? Mm-hmm. We don't. I mean, it, it's it's getting there. It's smoldering. What will it take? It's getting very it will, close. It will take a Donald Trump in the room with these individuals, and there is a picture with Donald. I mean, that's the other thing. It it is a small world when you are at that level. When you are dealing with international real estate, mm-hmm. the world becomes very small. Yeah. And so the idea that these people have interactions isn't necessarily what's the problem. What the problem is the specific interactions that this email exposes. This email reveals is that it was opposition research against Hillary Clinton. And uh, going back to that Fox News poll, the vast majority of Americans, 73 percent, I believe, uh, in the poll, believe that the Russians wanted Donald Trump to win. Uh, I believe it was only 13 percent that believed that Hillary, the Russians wanted Hillary Clinton to win. I don't know. Where on earth they found thirteen percent of the American population that somehow believes the Russians wanted Hillary Clinton to any win? The, but those people exist. Any of these questions?
2: If there's like thirteen percent, or like you know how like Congress has like eight percent? Who are those? Eight? Yeah, there's just people who didn't understand the question. Oh, so that just, could be. Just yeah. people who just, they either didn't understand the question or they just like to be contra- contrarian. Could be. Which there's a lot of contrarians here in this
3: country. Could be. Uh, yeah, and that poll, very interestingly, uh, interestingly enough as well, shows massive support for the FBI, the CIA. Uh, For Mueller and for James Comey, James Comey is about 49 percent support. And again, Donald Trump is just down there at around 45 percent of support when it comes to trusting him uh, in this investigation.
2: Didn't he also uh, tweet that 41 percent is not that bad, not that bad
3: (laughs) for this time? It's really horrible. I mean, if you again, I mean, just in context, we are six months in 41 percent. How does he get above that? You know how does it happen? I I don't see how it does happen, uh, barring some unbelievable. Uh, you know, even the the economic news is not bad. Wall Street is doing very well. Uh, job creation, uh, you know, it's not it's not horrible. A lot of people will will equate that to um, Obama's economic policies, but uh, you know, it's just I I just don't see how he gets above this number, yeah, uh, anytime soon, if ever. Um, but I was thinking about this last night, like. We haven't gone to war. We're not in a war. That's good. Not yet. You know,
2: like there are there are some good things Six happening. Six months in, and your fucking good thing not happening. I'm the, happy. We're good. not in a war. Your good yeah. thing is we haven't gotten into a war yet. Yeah. That's how low your standards are
3: now. <laughs> yeah. Is that you're just. just well, like, our well, last, uh, the last, admin, uh, the last Republican administration, they were chomping at the bed at this time. They, so. Yeah. They were. Well, see,
2: no, well, I Not guess quite yet, six, but. six months in, uh, we were just still just talking about education and schools and such. Yeah. Yeah. We had all a big left.
3: catastrophe before the, before the war, yeah, think before the drumbeat to war. Oh, but.
2: Six months in, I think, I guess at this time in the Bush administration, we were talking about no child left behind. Right. Yeah. That
3: economic failure total f- educational failure as well.
2: Yeah. But, uh, yeah,
3: so, I mean, it's it's really a – there is – it's very difficult for Donald Trump at this point to get any footing whatsoever politically in Washington. Uh, you know, he's just sort of a, a Boy Scout who took a wrong turn on a on a trail and is in quicksand and doesn't understand the more you fight, uh, the harder you sink. And uh, he's pissed off so many uh, individuals, uh, you know, again, on the left, the right, and the middle, and, and the intelligence community – he doesn't have a lot of allies, and now the allies that he does have—again, Kushner, Manafort, uh, Donny Jr.—they're um, all falling away. Yeah. Because you know, can they can they maintain their uh, positions of power if these collusion scandals, if even if it's not legal, uh, if it, if it's the perception of e, uh, of illegality, can they maintain their roles uh, as they are now? And I just don't think it's possible.
2: Let me ask you this: What's Bannon up to right now?
3: Uh, according to a lot of conspiracy theorists, he's going to be imprisoned. Uh, but I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't know what Bannon... You do wonder what Bannon is up
2: to. What's a, what's Bannon doing? Bannon's doing something I right haven't now. heard like, it. I have not he's heard He's been forgotten. He's the, he's the biggest ally in the White House that no one has said a word about in months. He's doing something. He's I'm, up to something. He's always up to something. He's always yeah, I think he's up to drinking. <laughs> I think we might be overestimating what
3: Steve Bannon I is think, doing. I think he's up to about 2:30. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure he's still fairly ostracized from the Trump administration. Yeah. Uh, Because when he got the security clearance, that caused such an uproar, and it got so many people pissed off with Donald Trump, and he just constantly uh, suggested such asinine things uh, that I'm I'm pretty sure Steve Bannon is still sort of uh, inconsequential when it comes to uh, what the Trump administration uh, has uh, planned going forward Um, because you haven't heard anything about him. Of course, there is no denying that his sort of um, worldview is still something that, uh, you know, kind of permeates through Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you look at what happened with, uh, with the G20, we can also get into that, this supposed private meeting with Vladimir Putin that Donald Trump said lasted 15 minutes. But is reported to last, uh, to have lasted upwards of an hour. What did they talk about? Donald Trump uh, said that they talked about adoption, uh, which is probably just code words for sanctions. Yeah. Um, And now you have the situation where if Donald Trump, the optics are so bad for Trump and the Trump administration when it comes to Russia. If you recall Barack Obama in. December, he closed down the two embassies. I believe one was Long Island. The other one was in Massachusetts, I want to say. These were two Russian embassies that held 35 Russian diplomats aka russian spies mm-hmm. um kick those out the russians want those back they claim those to be their private property you know um and if donald trump does if, if they do reopen those uh, two facilities those two diplomatic facilities and if they do lift the sanctions uh that uh, the obama administration put uh, put forward uh with the russians i mean what message does that send To the people who are extremely concerned that this country uh, is in bed with the Russians and is in great, and that Donald Trump is indebted to the Russians for his victory in 2016. I mean, granted, again, I don't believe that the Russians did give the victory to Donald Trump. I think Hillary Clinton and her horribly run campaign basically just conceded and gave it to Donald Trump because they didn't campaign in the states they had to campaign. And again, her approval rating, according to this Bloomberg poll, is two percentage points less than him, which is a moot point because she's not
2: president. Well, I think that also has to do with a lot of people are very mad at her because they blame her for Donald Trump uh, getting an office, which they should. In a lot of ways, in yeah. a lot of ways.
3: So I don't know what Steve Bannon is up to, but his worldview uh, is still what the Donald Trump doctrine, his foreign policy doctrine, this American first doctrine, that is a Steve Bannon worldview. So to that degree, Steve Bannon is still a relevant uh, figure, and um, at at the very least in... um uh, in philosophy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his actual active role is in the White House again other than probably trying to rebuild Nixon's bowling alley <laughs> and just getting a hammer.
0: Gosh, basketball.
3: The blacks play basketball. I want the I want the bowling ball. Uh, give me the lanes. Mr. Bannon, if you build it, you can have it. I'll build it. <laughs> Still got the basketball lane, like uh, the, uh, all the lines on the basketball uh, court, is, but is now just a bowling ball lane. I'll, I'll build it. I'm I'll building build it. it. I'm going to build it. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. Uh, let's go on briefly. I want to talk about Chris Christie. This is something I didn't know. Uh, Chris Christie, of course. He is checked out. He's so done being governor. His yeah. approval rating is 15%. No one likes him in New Jersey. Of course, Bridgegate, Beachgate. And now we find out the reason that Donald Trump Jr., or one of the reasons that Donald Trump Jr. did not like him or turned on Chris Christie was a situation involving a cell phone. Marcus, do you have this
2: story? The reason why Donald Trump Jr. turned on him, D- Donald Trump, Donald Trump, yeah, not yeah. Donald Trump Jr. Yeah. Donald, Donald Trump, senior president Trump's decision to part ways with Chris Christie came after the New Jersey governor offered his own cell phone Ooh. as means for speaking with former President Barack Obama, and uh, they uh, thought that that was a uh, the ult- Christie's ultimate mistake because. Right. Um, Donald Trump is a germaphobe. Apparently,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, even though, yeah, that goes back to that funny, uh, the, the dossier from Russia. That's what Donald Trump's great defense was when it came yeah. to, uh, I guess, what could be called PPgate gate, was just like, I'm a germaphobe.
2: Yeah, Trump, a known germaphobe, was reportedly disgusted at the thought of using Christie's own cell phone for the conversation with Obama and responded with such anger. Yeah, he said, the, the quote was, uh, hey, Chris, you know my fucking number. Just give it to the president. I don't want your fucking phone. But you can imagine Chris Christie's disgusting, grubby, <laughs>
3: Cheeto-filled phone, very similar to maybe like a sixth grid or handing the, the remote control over, you, uh, over to you God. so you can play. Like, uh, You know what? You can just have the Wipe remote. it down. I don't want to play Halo anymore because the remote <laughs> control is sticky and disgusting. It's full of uh, ecto-cooler, plasma, uh, ecto-cooler liquid and uh, a bunch of uh, cheesy puffs and things like that. So that was one of the reasons why Chris Christie was out, which, again, shows you the character of someone like Donald Trump uh, that was a um, that was uh, basically a death sentence yeah. to the political career of Chris Christie when it
2: came to Donald Trump. And, and working in his campaign. And then the other thing... I don't know if that was the death sentence. I think it was kind of like... Remember when you got fired from, uh, what was it, Burger King mm-hmm. for putting the ketchup into... uh the, yeah, the barbecue th- sauce and ketchup. Yeah. yeah, into the nuggets. Yeah. You didn't get fired for that. I did. That was the last straw. No, that was the only <laughs> straw. I think they were looking for a reason to fire you. And I was, was eating a little like- off the line. You know... <laughs> But that's okay. And yeah. hanging out in the Any, freezer a little bit too long. Anytime someone says they got fired for something that small... They were looking to give. I'm like, man, I, got I was late, man. They just fired me for being late. It's like, no, they fired you for being late six times and being a shitty employee. They were looking no. to fire you. You know, Burger King, I, I would do some good things.
3: Uh, occasionally, I would take, because they're frozen patties, and mm-hmm. we'll get back. to I want to talk about Jared Kushner and his father <laughs> in a second. But I did just recall the frozen patties. Uh-huh. You thaw them ever so. Yeah. And then you smoosh together two or three of them. Mm-hmm. You put that through the uh, through the oven. Uh-huh. You get yourself a big whopper. <laughs> and so I would do that for my company. Dinner or lunch. Uh, and then they, they did take a, a offense to That's that. Th- because you got three whoppers. But then I would say it's just one. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, so they, they were kind of getting Is it a whopper before it comes out of the oven? Is it a whopper going in? I don't know. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it was also about 380 pounds, mm-hmm. you know. So they probably didn't like me eating all the food. But, <laughs> but I love the food. Also, uh, you know, they, they have the, the cookies, the, uh, the Spunk Myers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the Spunk Myers. You don't even want them when they're done, you want the dough. Oh. I would pop a little dough, <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole other story. So maybe you do have a point. Maybe it wasn't me impregnating the chicken nugget with the barbecue sauce and ketchup. It was the series of things.
2: Yeah, that was just the the nuggets was just the goddamn it moment. Like, right,
3: goddamn it. So that was the there was a lot of smoke there, uh-huh. and then the fire was me impregnating the chicken nugget. And they said that's it, yeah. definitive proof he's stealing the food. Yeah, and I'd probably
2: deserve to be fired. Oh, I want some chicken now.
3: Mm. Jared Kushner, Chris Christie. This is an interesting story that I actually did not realize. Chris Christie
2: put Jared Kushner's father in prison. Yep. Uh, Kushner's father, Charles, a real estate magnate in Jersey and New York, pleaded guilty to a tax fraud scheme in which he claimed hundreds of thousands of dollars in phony deductions for office expenses at the partnerships he created to manage the apartment buildings he owned. This is amazing. And he was a big Democratic donor, too. Huge Democratic Jared donor. Kushner's father. Jared Kushner's father. Really? Yep, absolutely. And uh, Kushner uh, also pleaded guilty to fraudulently making hundreds of thousands of dollars in campaign contributions to the Democratic Party oh. in the names of employees and associates who didn't know their names were being used. And then Kushner also pleaded guilty to retaliating against a cooperating witness in the case, his sister. He did so by setting a trap in which he hired a prostitute to lure his sister's husband into a sexual encounter in a New Jersey hotel where the action was secretly photographed and videotaped. Kushner sent the pictures and tape to his sister as revenge, apparently motivated by Kushner's belief that she and her husband were helping U.S. attorney Chris Christie and his prosecutors. Get Out of here
3: That's (laughs) crazy So
2: he set his sister up With a prostitute He set his sister's Brother His sister's husband Oh my Yeah what a scumbag! Yeah, what is? It? I mean, the, the whole level family. Of, oh my
3: goodness!
2: That's just that's the family that he's coming from. The, this wow! Is the, this is the caliber of people that we're dealing with here. That is beyond what I mean. This is just not normal. That no, is, it's I not normal. This it's is not rich. Per, this is bad. Rich people. Wow. This is how bad rich people live their life. Jared Kushner is a bad rich person. Donald Trump is a bad. rich Rich person. Well, apparently, according to you, not Marcus, to, the I'm, White House likes Donald Trump more than his family. Well, the blind items say that the White House yeah. likes Donald Trump more all than All items are, are valid, <laughs> even if they're blind. And I'm not, I'm of course not saying that all rich people are bad. No, these are bad saying, people. I'm not saying that at no. all. But this the idea is of the, setting your the, sister's
3: the, husband up with a fake prostitute skin. In a s- New Jersey a sting. hotel. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Setting, setting your sister's husband up with a fake prostitute in a Ugh. fancy hotel to get out of tax fraud charges. That's. Bad rich person scumbag, stuff that's Scumbag what they, That's what they do wow. And that's who we have in the White House
3: so Chris Christie, obviously, yeah, putting Jared Kushner's father in prison, probably not going to help him, uh, you know, uh, have a role in the administration. And that's why as soon as Jared Kushner uh, came into the administration, uh, Christie was gone uh, being the head of transition because mm-hmm. for a, for a moment, Chris Christie was going to head up the transition from, of course, campaign to uh, administration and probably would have done a much better job. Uh, than the individual they put in place there. So I I think that's pretty much the news uh, for the week here. And, um, yeah, let's play this interview. It's me. uh, It's Jeffrey Felix. He wrote the book Guarding the Juice, who is now loose. Uh, (laughs) He will be out October 1st, which, you know, I don't know what the terms of parole are. I would assume he can't get a reality television show. Mm -hmm. I I don't know uh, the exact rules. Well, today during the hearing... Uh, the parole hearing, uh, he, his attorney read a letter and uh, OJ was talking about the computer programming class that he was taking. And uh, he wrote a letter to a city councilman uh, and he jokingly, or he said in the letter that he would perhaps have a blog in the future or one of those video streams. And then his attorney was like, oh no, you can't do that. And OJ's like, oh yeah, that's right. You can't do that though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be allowed uh, to do those sorts of things. And I also think his legal troubles aren't over yet. Um, I mean, he'll be in, he'll be entangled in you know in the in the legal process here until until his final days. I but mean, he, he just can't violate his parole. He just can't violate the parole, and uh, as far as prison goes, he had about as good of an experience as you possibly can. They say the best day in prison is still a thousand times worse than a bad day here on the streets. But you know, he got out after nine years, and uh, you could argue uh, after two murders and an armed robbery, his sentence was not so bad. And now I'm looking at a picture of him, and he is. Smiling like he just scored a touchdown. (laughs) Orenthal is back on the streets, ladies and gentlemen. Orenthal
2: is out.
3: Orenthal is out. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, enjoy this interview with Jeffrey Felix. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome back to Fox News Talk, everyone. I am your host, Ben Kissel. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. We're back. We're discussing, uh, we're speaking with uh, Jeffrey Felix. Uh, He was the guard who watched over O.J. Simpson uh, in prison for seven years at the Love Lock Correctional Facility. Of course, O.J. Simpson uh, is currently serving 33 years uh, for armed robbery charges and things uh, around those charges. He's up for parole on Thursday. So, uh, Jeffrey, thanks so much for coming back with us.
0: Hey, you're welcome.
3: It's great to be here. Uh, so we were talking about you had a chance, uh, you you befriended O.J., he began to warm up to you, and he actually spoke to you about what happened uh, that evening with Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman. And uh, his story was that drug dealers had gone to uh, collect a debt, and they are the ones who murdered them. Is that correct? That
0: is 100% correct, according to O.J. Simpson.
3: Uh, It's a fascinating uh, story that he has sort of spun. How much do you believe, first of all, do you believe that story?
0: Well, I know for a fact that O.J. was there. I know for a fact that there was a blood trail going back to O.J.'s, you know, Brentwood house. Right. That's kind of hard to explain. But lately in the last six months of the news and all these crime stories, they're saying that two people were involved in this murder. So part of this might be true. You know, but I, I pretty much figured out that O.J. had something to do with it. Hmm. There, there was something there that O.J. did. Maybe he saw them doing their doing what they were doing. Maybe he jumped in. I, I don't know, but he was involved in the incident.
3: Do you believe that Jeff, uh, Do you believe that O.J. Simpson should have been found guilty in the murder trial?
0: Absolutely not. The hmm. the LAPD completely screwed that case up. Mark Furman lied on the stand, and he should have done prison time. Marcia Clark really didn't know what she was doing. I mean, the whole situation, we all know that Mark Furman planted the glove. We all know that. That's we all a- know Mark Furman lied. We all know Mark Furman's a racist.
3: Well, we so, don't know I definitively mean, that that, uh, that Furman planted the glove that is uh, that is one of the theories. Do you find uh, that you I mean you work in corrections. you are an extension uh, of the government. you are in uh you are a, you are an officer of the law. Um, do you find it uh, contradictory with your core beliefs of of law and order and justice uh, that you do give the benefit of the doubt to OJ. Simpson in this case?
0: Well, you know, I could take a law officer for his word. But when Mark Furman lied about the N-word on the stand, his whole testimony was shot out to me. I mean, if I was on that jury, I would have found O.J. innocent because there was that doubt. They -hmm. should have never put Mark Furman on the stand. I don't even know how he got so deeply involved in this. I mean, the LAPD, I know, is a huge organization. Right. There's not 20 cops like like, like a regular Northern Nevada, you know, uh, Sheriff's Department. But, you know... The police department and law enforcement try to weed people like that out. You know, if you're a racist, that's great. Be a racist at home. But you can't bring that to work when you're law enforcement. Mm-hmm. You know, he, in my mind, he had motive to try to set O.J. up. Was
3: there any time, were there any times when you were uh, watching over O.J. Simpson uh, that you felt uh, perhaps you've gotten too close? Or is this a normal thing uh, when it comes to prison guards and the prisoners that they watch. I mean, as we uh, said earlier, you spend a lot of time with these individuals and you are their lifeline to the outside world. Uh, Was it special with OJ or do you try to build that bond uh, with other prisoners as well, perhaps uh, in order to maintain the peace or to just sort of uh, allow them to have a little bit of comfort as they serve their time? When OJ
0: came to the prison, I think it was in 2008 or 2007, I was uh, asked by the warden at that time to make sure nothing happened to OJ right? because it's the warden's house, and he's an at-will position. If something would happen to the Jews, he would be in trouble. So I took that task very seriously, and I became really close to OJ. At no time or point during the years I guarded OJ did I ever cross the line. He never asked me to cross the line. Him and I... What would, have, what what, what what would that tour. have been like?
3: I, I just have a question. Of course, we had the two uh, escaped prisoners upstate in New York. Uh, I believe it was uh, Sweat, and I forget the name of the other fellow. Uh, they had a relationship uh, with their with their uh, prison guards. What was what was the a, something that O.J. would have asked you to do uh, that you would have found to be crossing the line?
0: Okay, if O.J. would have done something like uh, to cross the line... Hey, Felix, can you bring me in uh, a coffee cake or, you know, or some his favorite food, the uh, calamari. Mm. Ask me to bring something into prison, anything like that. Sure. And he never did that. And if he would have asked me to do that, that I would have had to report up front to the operations. And
3: but, do you, you think know, you would have done that? Never, uh, would you have reported no. that?
0: I would have had to report that. Okay. Yes, sir. And I explained that to O.J. while we used to hang out. Hey, I really appreciate you never asking me to cross the line. You know, you're not your normal inmate running around here. You're O.J. Simpson. And, and you know, I thank them for that, for never asking me, because I don't want to be put in that predicament.
3: Yeah, it That's is fascinating. Horrible. It is fascinating how celebrity is such a powerful um, it is such a powerful asset to have, specifically uh, in this country. When it comes to parole, of course, as we mentioned earlier, he is up for parole this Thursday. Uh, how much does it matter? First of all, do you believe he's going to be paroled? And second of all, how much does it matter that sort of, uh, you know, the dust has been kicked up, for a lack of a better term, when it comes to his, uh, you know, less than stellar past? How much does that outside influence matter on the people who will be making decisions about should OJ get parole? Or not? And then again, do you believe he will be paroled?
0: Well, OJ goes up for parole this Thursday, and I hope he gets it. You know, he's done nine years out there. He's been clean, no write ups. He's taken all the programs. He, he's, you know, held, held a job. You know, he's helped other people out. I mean, he's on the straight and narrow. And all this media dust kicking up, as you say, it's kind of like, you know, if there was a jury. If the parole board was a jury, they wouldn't be able to watch all this stuff. That'd be the first thing you ask them when, when you you know you try to narrow the narrow the jury down. Yeah. I mean, these guys every night come home, they turn on the news, boom, there's OJ. They turn oh. on later at night on on CNN. They're watching you know primetime justice OJ murders. Hmm. They're they're watching the the cold tapes. Yeah. I mean, I have to this, ask, this is horrible for do you
3: kid. think that O.J. was able to have such a stellar uh, record in prison because of some uh, preferential treatment?
0: Well, you know, O.J. never did anything that was majorly wrong. I mean, he might have had a few extra CDs in his house. He might have had a few extra games or rolls of toilet paper. Hmm. He might have got away with, you know, eating a cookie on the tier, which I quashed for him. But, you know, he never broke any big laws. He never got any fights, never tried to escape. He was never really out of bounds. He treated all the officers and inmates with respect. Thank He's you. The role model inmate.
3: Jeffrey, this conversation could go on for so uh, much longer. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Just one final question, yes or no answer. If O.J. is paroled, would you meet up with O.J. Simpson on the outside? Would you be friends with him on the outside?
0: Absolutely. We're going to be playing golf in Florida if he gets paroled
3: fascinating. Jeffrey Felix, uh, Guarding the Juice is his book. Thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, that was the interview. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Check Marcus Parks out on Twitter. Check Marcus Parks out on Instagram at Marcus Parks. I'm on Instagram at Ben Kissel one on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Uh, Let's see. Check out the merchandise page here. We got a bunch of different Products. products. And shirts. Uh, mostly just shirts, which I will call products. Yeah, it's just, it's it's just shirts. It's all shirts. But it's a product. Okay. <laughs> so get one of those. And uh, we'll see you all in Nashville this weekend. Cannot wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a bunch of hot chicken. Um, all right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Talk to you soon.
2: For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.
1: A new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice.
2: Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac?